0: welcome to the man cave it's the man cave football podcast with dan Casper. what up what up it is the man cave football podcast i'm your host uh, dan Casper. as always appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the man cave football podcast halfway through the nfl season we're at the halftime mark right now can't believe it. it's just flying on by isn't it We've got an exciting podcast episode coming up here. Uh, we've got four downs, four down territory coming up first, as you know. Uh, also, we're going to do my top five power rankings, and this, uh, this is getting a little interesting uh, towards the top. Uh, two teams left undefeated at this point with the Patriots and the 49ers. Then it's kind of getting interesting, a little top-heavy uh, in the NFC, if you will. you got Saints with one loss, the Packers at one loss. Uh, you've got uh, the Vikings that seem to be playing well. With two losses there too. Seattle. You know, they're they're two losses, but they're still gonna be a, a pretty dang good team. And then you got the Rams, you know, they're third in their division, and they're still pretty talented as well. So kind of an interesting uh, uh landscape so far, if you will, across the NFL. So we'll do my top five power rankings and then finishing up this episode with the extra points. But let's get started uh with this episode right away. Four down territory. First down. With first down, we're going to take a look at uh, some halfway mark awards. Uh, I'm going to hand out four awards since we're at the halfway uh, point of this NFL season. I'm going to look at uh, MVP, Coach of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to hand out those four awards. So Let's start off with the rookies. Uh, Let's go with the defensive rookie up first. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa, the defensive end from the San Francisco 49ers. He's already got seven sacks this year, one forced fumble, an interception, 16 uh, solo tackles, 20 uh, overall. So Nick Bosa, I think, clearly has been uh, the easy favorite for Defensive Rookie of the Year at this point. And a big part of that uh, that that defense for the 49ers that has been just very impressive so far this season. So uh, for me, it's easy for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with uh, Nick Bosa, defensive end from the San Francisco 49ers, Offensive Rookie, I mean, you got Mitchu from uh, Jacksonville. You go Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick with, with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to go with Oakland with one of their first uh, three draft picks, or one of their uh, three first-round draft picks from this past draft. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs as the offensive rookie of the year. He's got uh, 620 rushing yards, uh, four touchdowns, an average of five yards per carry right now. Just watching this guy run. Man, he—I think he's going to be special. I think he's going to be special. Uh, He's a bigger guy. He's about uh, you know five ten, two hundred twenty pounds, a little thicker there. But uh, he's—he's got the moves, the the quick, sudden—you know. Stop on a dime, crossover, Allen Iverson type of type of deal. So he's got some moves for being a little bit of a, a bigger running back at, at that two twenty pounds. So I think he's going to be a dang good player, a dang good player in, in this league. So uh, for me, my offensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go with the running back uh, from the Oakland Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Coach of the year. To me, there, there's three in the running. I know Sean Payton's getting a lot of love. Uh, right now and you know i I look at yep teddy they won some games without drew Brees. teddy bridgewater though i mean he's not like an unknown backup quarterback i know there were some questions surrounding teddy bridgewater you know looking back at last year and even his first game coming in relief against the rams but i mean it's still it's still teddy bridgewater and the saints still have pretty uh pretty talented team around him so i sean payton didn't make my top three my top three uh if I had to put him in order, probably at number three I'd go Matt LaFleur, uh with Packers, and you know, you're th- you probably thinking, well, okay, you just took out Sean Payton because, you know, talent around him and Teddy Bridgewater and all that, so LaFleur's got Aaron Rodgers. And rightfully so. The thing is here though is that uh nobody thought the Packers would be seven and one at this point. If you did, you're lying to yourself. Uh this offense, you know, there's a lot of questions surrounding how LaFleur would get Aaron Rodgers uh to buy in or how those two would be on the same page. Uh, if you will, and uh, just creating a different type of vibe and culture within that locker room. So, I mean, Matt LaFleur has to be on the short list of Coach of the Year, and you look at all the first-year head coaches this year or coaches with uh, a new team this year, he's easily, easily beating all of them right now. So Matt LaFleur, uh, top three for me. He's number three on my list. I'd go with uh, Frank Reich uh, at number two. I think when you factor in, you know, Andrew Luck retiring in the preseason – Colts were a playoff team last year, but now you factor in uh, Andrew Luck uh, retiring in the preseason, Jagoe Percet, Uh they're doing better than I thought they were. Uh, I really thought they would have taken a step back this year. Uh, maybe the the Andrew Luck retirement uh, kind of like, you know, putting a little damper on the team, if you will. But Frank Reich has done a, ter- a tremendous job, job uh, with, the, with the Indianapolis Colts. So I'd put him at number two right now and my pick uh for head coach of the year at the halfway mark i am gonna go back to the 49ers and kyle shanahan uh th- that defense is-, is awesome jimmy garoppolo is healthy he's playing really well they're running the ball extremely well uh with san francisco and-, and you look at that division the 49ers are in they're undefeated in a division with seattle and the rams too so i think what kyle shanahan has done with that 49ers team is very impressive, very impressive so he gets my vote for coach of the year and then MVP, it's down to two I narrowed it down to two guys and they're both quarterbacks for me Uh, you could go Aaron Rodgers 2,324 passing yards, 16 touchdowns 2 interceptions or Russell Wilson 2,127 passing yards, 17 touchdowns 1 interception uh, by the slightest of margins, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson for now. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson for now uh, because, I mean, you, you look at that offense, besides DK Metcalf, uh, I mean, how many other people can name uh, some of the receivers that, that he throws to? And DK Metcalf, obviously, is one of those because of you know his draft. going through a draft process with just a physical specimen uh, during throughout that whole draft process. So uh, I, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson because... I think maybe he's doing a little bit more with a little bit less than what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. So, Russell Wilson gets my vote uh for uh the halfway mark of uh, for for MVP at the halfway mark. Second down. So, we've got two teams left that are undefeated. We got the New England Patriots and the San Francisco 49ers. The Patriots sitting at 8 and 0, the 49ers sitting there at 7 and 0. So, my question that I'm going to answer myself for maybe have you guys ponder a little bit which which undefeated team has impressed you more or is more impressive with their resume right now? I'm going to throw out some stats for you. Let's start off with the Patriots. Offensively, first in scoring, 31.2, 16th in total yards, 7th in passing yards, 23rd in rushing yards. San Francisco's offense, third in points scored, 29.6, 6th overall in in yards, 24th in passing yards. 2nd in rushing yards. Now let's take a look at the defenses. The Patriots are 1st in points allowed, 7.6. 2nd in yards allowed, 2nd in passing yards allowed, 4th in rushing yards allowed. The San Francisco 49ers defense, 2nd in points allowed, 1st in yards allowed, 1st in passing yards allowed, and 11th in rushing yards allowed. So, again, the question... Up until this point, whose resume is more impressive? Uh, you know, looking at so look, and and that's kind of been the thing. Let's start off with with the Patriots and, and their resume because that's kind of been the knock on them so far is like, well, who'd they beat? So they they plummeted Pittsburgh in, in the opener, thirty three to three, uh, shut out Miami, forty three to nothing. Beat the Jets in Week Three, thirty to fourteen. Defeated Buffalo. That was their toughest game so far, and that's Buffalo's only loss, sixteen to ten. Beat Washington, thirty-three to seven. Beat the Giants, thirty-five to fourteen. Blank the Jets, thirty-three to nothing. And then just defeated the Cleveland Browns, twenty-seven to thirteen. Now New England's got Baltimore coming up. They got Philly coming up, and then Dallas, Houston, Kansas City. Then they finish up. Against the Bengals, Buffalo, and Miami. So uh, New England has a little bit more of a, uh, of a difficult stretch coming up here right now. San Francisco's schedule, meanwhile, they defeated Tampa Bay. They defeated Cincinnati, uh, defeated Pittsburgh, Cleveland, the Rams, uh, Washington, and then Carolina. I think right in, and then with San Francisco, they've got Arizona coming up Thursday night. Then Seattle, Arizona again, Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, Atlanta, the Rams, Seattle. So looking at future schedules, I think San Francisco um, has a little bit more of a difficult schedule coming up uh, at this point. So, you know, but based off of the teams that they have played right now, I mean, I'm looking at San Francisco, I think their big wins were against the Rams in week six. Uh, That was kind of a nice statement one. Carolina has been playing well and they just uh, took it to them 51 to 13. So that's maybe their second best win. New England's best win against Buffalo 16 to 10. And then what's their best win after that? Was it just against Cleveland here? I mean Cleveland hasn't even been playing that well, but they got all the talent in the world. Is it the Giants? So I guess to me San Francisco has been has the better or more impressive resume. So I mean you're looking at some of the numbers that the Patriots defense is putting out there and they're they're out of this world. I mean those are some of the best numbers we've ever seen in NFL history. And who knows, they could go down as maybe the best defensive numbers in NFL history when it's all said and done. But I look at it, the question is, who's impressed you up until this point, the halfway point of the NFL season? Whose resume looks better at the halfway point of this NFL season? And I think it's the 49ers. But I think New England is ultimately going to have the better resume when it's all said and done the better record when it's all said and done you know san francisco's upcoming schedule uh two more they got to go up against seattle twice they got to go up against green bay they've got to go to baltimore they've got to go to new orleans uh and then they got to play la one more time that schedule's getting tough new england it's going to be a tough game against baltimore philly's going to give them a little bit of run but that secondary there's a lot of issues with philly dallas at new england which Dallas team is going to show up? Houston, you know, J.J. Watt, not there. That's going to hurt. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes will be ready for that game. So they, they, New England's got some tough games too, but I just think right now San Francisco has impressed me more, but when it's all said and done, New England will have the better overall resume between the last two undefeated teams right now. So right now it's San Francisco, but when it's all said and done, it's going to be the New England Patriots. Third down. All right, let's do third down, talking some quarterbacks. So it's kind of been an interesting season so far regarding some uh, quarterbacks, uh, some former starting quarterbacks or soon-to-be former starting quarterbacks. So, I mean, the news Andy Dalton's getting benched. Got to imagine his time is done now with Cincinnati. Uh, he's upset about it. He, he wished he would have known earlier. So they could have found a trade partner uh, maybe for him to move on. So Andy Dalton's time in Cincinnati's done with. So that that's another uh, starting quarterback that's going to be looking for a new job next year. So you add in Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota. Uh we'll even throw in Ryan Tannehill since he was just a former starter first round pick and he's he's replaced Marcus, but is he gonna have an opportunity to be a starter next year? I doubt it, but we're just gonna throw him into the conversation. Teddy Bridgewater did a great job filling in uh for Drew Brees. He's gonna draw some attention next year. How about Cam Newton? You know, got Allen over there, Kyle Allen for for Carolina not playing not too bad. Could the Panthers move on from Cam Newton after this year? Josh Rosen. What's going to happen with this kid in Miami? Jameis Winston. Heck, I'll even throw Nick Foles in here because of the Minshew craziness in Jacksonville. You feel bad for Nick Foles. And I don't know exactly how that, you know, it's going to cost a lot for, for the Jacksonville Jaguars to maybe move on from Nick Foles unless they can find a trade partner. But let's throw him in this conversation too. So again, you've got these quarterbacks, Bridgewater, Winston, Marcus Mariota, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Josh Rosen, maybe even Ryan Tannehill. I'm just throwing him in there even though I think he's going to be a career backup from now on. But we'll see what happens if he maybe wins a job in Tennessee. I don't know. We're throwing those guys in. And then you're looking at the upcoming draft in April. There's going to be a few quarterbacks taken in that first round. So next year... It's going to be a, a decent year for teams maybe to look for a starting quarterback for a couple years or just a brand new starting quarterback or some veteran backup quarterbacks that have a lot of experience, something that uh, you know, we haven't seen in a while, like, it, like an Andy Dalton. I mean, he wouldn't be a bad backup quarterback option, wouldn't he? I got a feeling he's going to be a starter next year. Some teams at least going to start off the season with him as a starter. Cam Newton's going to be a starter. Bridgewater, I think, is going to be a starter. Foles, I think, is going to be a starter. Tannehill's not. Marcus Mariota, I don't think so. Jameis Winston, I don't know either. Josh Rosen, I don't think so. But then you got a crop of uh, these rookie quarterbacks coming in next year. So this next offseason, not to look too far ahead because we're only halfway through this NFL season, but you can already kind of... See the future and see there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks available next year. And some of these guys who've been starters there's there's only 32 teams, 32 openings for starting quarterbacks. A lot of them are, already have their starters. So some of these guys that are used to starting, they're going to they're going to have to be backups. And here's the thing, I'm curious to see how the contracts are going to work with them. Does that mean the price tag for these backup quarterbacks are going to go a little bit higher? You know, you look at like like one team, like the Green Bay Packers. They they haven't invested a lot of money into a backup quarterback. Do they do that next year? The older Aaron Rodgers gets, do they do they start to invest a little bit more into a backup quarterback? Because the older he gets, he's gone through some injuries in, in, in his past. They got a pretty good dang team right now. Do they invest a little bit more in a backup quarterback? just in case Aaron has to miss a couple games so they have a better shot to maybe win those games. It's going to be fascinating to watch uh, the quarterback carousel next year, if you will, because there's going to be a lot of big names available and a lot or at least uh, a few a few uh, going in the first round of the draft, too. Fourth down. Finishing up four down territory with fourth down here. And, you know, looking at some of the fan bases around uh, the NFL right now and just looking at some of uh, these teams and how bad they have been this year or how they're, how bleak maybe their future looks. And I've got five teams and I ranked them to where I think it, it looks pretty bleak if, if you're a fan of one of these teams for the near future. Uh, if you will so uh coming in at number five uh, as the team that you know what it, it looks pretty rough right now but maybe uh it won't be painful as a fan for as much as maybe the number one team uh, on my list makes sense good all right so i'm I, I'm putting the browns on here because they've probably, they've been number one for a long 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 time last year they made a little bit of a splash this year they brought in a Bunch of big names. Big money, big names. They ain't living up to that expectation. And here's the thing. With Pittsburgh down, and I know Baltimore's good with Lamar Jackson. That's like a cheat code over there. But the door was open for the Browns this year. I drank the Kool-Aid. A lot of people drank the Kool-Aid. They ain't living up to it. I don't know if it's, you know, Freddie Kitchens as head coach, a little bit of an unknown. He was, you know... The hot name because of what he was able to get out of uh, uh, Baker Mayfield last year. So I don't know if uh, if Freddie Kitchens could be maybe a one and done type of coach right now. I I don't know, but you know with all the excitement, you know Browns fans thinking this is the year we're finally going back to the playoffs. Maybe even making a run at the division, a deep playoff run. They've won two games. So I got the Browns at number five because they still have a lot of talent on that team, and they can turn it around because of the talent on that team. Number four, I kind of went back and forth between number four and number three here, but uh, number four, I've got the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are just a a, a complete mess right now. They're a complete mess right now. But here's the thing. They are going to have a lot of cap space. They are going to have... A lot of draft picks. But the caveat to all that, that's fine and dandy, but you better do it right. Cleveland didn't do it right for a long time. So you've got all that that money. You've got those draft picks. But you better make some smart decisions. You better make some smart decisions in there. Number three, I've got the Atlanta Falcons. Um <laughs> A lot of money tied into a lot of players, and they're underperforming big time. And this is just a couple of years uh, removed from a Super Bowl appearance, a Super Bowl that uh, they should have won, 28-3. to 3. So, But they've got a lot of decisions to make this off season. They have to try to shed some of those contracts uh, on that team. And you know what? Maybe you have to start looking forward to your new future quarterback already. I don't know if that's what they're going to be doing. I don't know if that's what Arthur Blank is willing to do or Thomas uh, Dimitrov, the GM, but Atlanta's got a lot of money tied into some players. And it's not that easy to shed some of those contracts. So the Falcons, they still got some sort of talents, but you know, it's it, it's aging talent too. They're making a lot of money. So this one might take a couple of years. Jets coming in at number two. Talking about another team that doesn't know what the heck they're doing. I mean, <laughs> Sam Darnold, okay, they've got their quarterback. But is Adam Gase the right coach? I mean, they're they're upsetting their safety Jamal Will Jamal Adams. they I they've got young talent on this team, but then they've got like stupid contracts to like uh Le'Veon Bell. CJ Mosley has just been an unlucky year for him. They gave him a lot of money. He's been hurt. So I don't know what's going on with the Jets. I I, I just I don't think Adam Gase is the right is a head coach. Or is a guy worthy to being a head coach right now? I mean, honestly, is Adam Gase a two-time head coach because of the recommendation from Peyton Manning? Because Peyton Manning liked him as his offensive coordinator, his quarterback coach. I know Peyton Manning's word you know, goes a long ways. But Adam Gase hasn't proven to be a good head coach. So I got the Jets at number two, and then number one, Bengals. They're going to need a new quarterback. They took a risk in bringing in Taylor as their new head coach. Very, very raw, very young, not a whole lot of experience. Quarterback coach over there with the Rams last year. He's a head coach with the Bengals. So they took a chance on him, and now they're they're rebuilding. I mean, A.J. Green says he wants to be in uh, Cincinnati. But are they going to hold on to him? I mean, he's going to be a free agent. Is he actually going to re-sign there? And do, does Cincinnati want to re-sign him? And if they don't, well, then they, they they should have just traded him and tried to get something in return for him. they got to find a new quarterback. They need an offensive line. Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati under the Marvin Lewis era, they were getting the playoffs, but they could never win a playoff game. And now they're going to have to restart everything. Restart everything. So I got the Bengals as uh, my number one team where I'm sorry if you're a fan of that team, but it looks pretty bleak right now. Pretty, pretty bleak right now. That's it for four down territory. Let's get into my top five power rankings right now. Coming in at number five, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens led by Lamar Jackson. A huge game and a big opportunity for a statement type of win going up against the New England Patriots this weekend. Number five, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. Number four, I'm going with the Green and Gold, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, another victory uh, this time over the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Moore uh, led Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, I, I know there's some Packers. I say, well, geez, you, you let Matt Moore do that on your defense. Let's give credits where credit's due. I thought Andy Reid as the offensive play caller uh, for the Chiefs team did a great job of putting Matt Moore in a position to win. To succeed that game get the ball out quick get it to your playmakers like Tyreek Hill Green Bay just made a couple more plays and they stay at seven and one so they're number four I've got the Saints at number three now that uh, Drew Brees is back Saints are looking pretty good pretty good number two I've got the 49ers it's going to be interesting now coming up uh, with their uh, with their schedule can they keep it going Big opportunity to really make a statement, maybe solidify themselves as the best team in the not only in the NFC, but in the AFC, or in the entire NFL, excuse me. And the number one team, it's still going to be the Patriots until somebody knocks the Patriots off the throne, until somebody gives them a loss. It's going to be New England. Say what you want about against who they play, but they're still undefeated and they're still getting the job done, right? But, uh, you know, with the Patriots and the 49ers, there's still a lot of people questioning, okay, are they are they for real? Maybe not so much for the Patriots, but the, the knock on the Patriots is, well, who'd they play? 49ers, and that's why it goes back to, you know, these two undefeated teams where I said earlier in four-down territory. Right now, I think the 49ers have the better resume, but ultimately when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be the Patriots with the overall better resume. All right, let's finish up uh, this podcast with the extra points. One more, the uh, extra points uh, is, you know, one more topic I wanted to get to, or maybe an interview, uh, uh, you know, that it, it's kind of wide open here for the extra points. And there's one topic I wanted to get to, uh, and it's the NFL trade deadline. So, you know, the NFL trade deadline just passed the other day. There was a, if you have Twitter, I mean, there was rumors, there was reports the day of uh, the trading deadline. Leading up, you know, the last hour, last couple of hours, there was people tweeting that uh, they're hearing, you know, Jamal Adams is available, uh, you know, so and so is available. Uh, another team's talking to another team, trying to get this deal done. Ultimately, there wasn't a whole lot of big trades on, on deadline day. I mean, we had the bigger ones earlier with the, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Sunu, Emmanuel Sanders, a- a- and all that. Marcus Peters. So they were earlier before the trade deadline. But here's the thing the other what, trading deadline day on Tuesday, we haven't seen social media or reports that active surrounding some potential rumors or reports about trades in the NFL, and I don't think ever. I mean, it felt like an NBA trade deadline, it felt like a Major League Baseball trade deadline, and I think this is going to continue this way. I really do. I, I think the last couple of years you see you're starting to see more trades, you're starting to see more activity. Um, you know, we kinda touched on it on, on the other podcast, some of the reasons why. But I think this is gonna continue this way. And I love it. I love it. You got teams going for it this year. You got teams not afraid to make moves, afraid to make trades. I think this is good for the game. And I just I, I love trades. I, I love r- reports, I love rumors, all that sort of stuff, and I think it's gonna continue. I think it's going to continue to go like that. And I think it's good. Why not? You know, draft picks, they're great, and you don't want to mortgage your future. But if you have an opportunity to go for it now, this year, or even in the next couple of years, that's the thing with the NFL as opposed to maybe Major League Baseball and the NBA. Your window might just be that year. Football? Ah, you you got, a, you got a couple years in your window. So even if you make a trade... For that player, it's not necessarily going to set you back next year because you lost a draft pick. And if you're a team that's struggling, why not give away some, or I shouldn't say give away, why not trade away some of your main assets to start the rebuilding process? I like it. I like it. And I think it's going into an awesome direction. That's it for this episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always, uh, you can subscribe to our podcast and please subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And while you're there, please rate the podcast so other football fans like yourself can find the podcast, too. But again, subscribe and Right, and if you have any questions uh, that you want answered in the in the next uh podcast or so you can send them to me on my twitter handle at dan casper d-a-n-k-a-s-p-e-r or find me on facebook as well like the page there and send uh questions over there but again this is the man cave football podcast and i am your host dan casper